Father, I think we often have it mixed up where we we get uh, changed by culture versus being changed by you as we should. And, you know, we just, we know that's a battle. We know that the last couple of years have been tough in particular for a lot of people. Father, just help us to craft the right words tonight uh, that might speak to someone's heart that is um, maybe losing hope, um, maybe in their own life, and, and maybe in, in, in faith. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. All right, how does your faith affect the way that you're kind? We have to get back to encouraging one another, being strong in our faith and building community. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. I'm Dave Weaver. And I'm Yvette Walker. And this is an episode that we are calling, let me look at my notes here, Navigating Between Faith and Culture. So I think this is an important topic for today because we are having a tough time. There's lots of folks out there struggling, and there's lots of folks falling away, if you will, from faith. And so I think this is an important conversation. And we have with us a very special guest. His name is Scott Reaverly. Did I say that right? Scott Reaverly. Yes. You're close. Close, close enough. Yep. Sorry about that, Scott. No worries. And he is a pastor at New Life Church. Also has a podcast called City on a Hill uh, with a co-host uh, by the name of Eric Eastep. So welcome, Scott, to the podcast for this discussion on navigating between faith and culture. Welcome. Thank you very much. Now, you know, as as I was prepping for this, this conversation, I, I did listen in on uh, many episodes and uh, I noticed at the beginning of those, I really love the way you say what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. And that's kind of a summary statement for your podcast, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Citizen, uh, what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you know, uh, while being a citizen of the United States. So there's a dual citizenship problem that we have to navigate. Yeah. Right. And so. In a sense, um, I mean, how do, how do we like, like, first of all, let's just kind of look at that. You know, you said citizen head of heaven. Um, and, you know, you also say seeking the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of man. And so is that part of the problem when we are, you know, trying to navigate between those dual roles is, is part of the problem is that culture commercialism or whatever the case is, is it just too attractive? I mean, what's the pull mm -hmm. you think in, in our lives, in, in, in culture, or is it just part of our sin nature or all the above? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably all the, as you talk yourself into it, it's probably all of the above, I imagine. But uh, it is, it is interesting because I think a lot of it for me uh, centers around the identity that Christians have as belonging to Jesus and living in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we have uh, just at our church been thinking about the Sermon on the Mount recently and how, uh, how well, let me say it this way, how right side up it is compared to an upside down sort of a world where it's the poor in spirit that are in the kingdom of heaven. Well, it's the rich in spirit that get along pretty well 
in culture or in politics and the, and the meek instead of the proud and the mourning instead of the uh, boastful and all of it's just completely upside down from uh, the rest of the world. And, and Christians kind of, I don't know, get uh, enticed to turn upside down and join everybody else, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, so I just, I just really am trying to call people to uh, really just to fidelity to Jesus and letting him be the king and living in his kingdom and, um, and not trying to keep in step with everything that's happening on the outside. That's really interesting, Scott, because I also wonder those statements, the poor in spirit and meek, we, we see those as negatives, but are they really? And was Jesus referring to, to, well, yes, broken people, obviously, but um, was Jesus referring to personality or spirit? Because I think there might be a difference. Yeah, there might be. I hadn't really thought of it in those terms. I think it's interesting. Right after the the Sermon on the Mount, it says he, he went down from the mountain and the first person he touches is a leper. And then he's invited to the home of a, well, a Gentile says, I have a servant who's sick. And Jesus said, I'll go. And then he, he touches Peter's mother-in-law. And so you see him interacting with uh, people who are on the outside and people who don't have power, people who are disenfranchised, women and, um, and servants and Gentiles and lepers. So it seems to me that those are the kind of people that he had in mind when he was given the sermon. Hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, and he also said in there, in, in that, what uh, within the, um, around that area where I guess you're teaching in mm-hmm. uh, Matthew six thirty three, uh, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Um, and, you know, so at, from a pastoral standpoint, if you're, if you're discipling me, you know, how, how do you explain that to me? Uh, seek the kingdom or seeking the kingdom of God, or, or actually seek first the kingdom of God. What's that kind of look mm-hmm. like if you're teaching me um, and guiding me as a, as a young believer. That's yeah. That's an interesting way to ask the question. I appreciate that. I think that really it is uh, Jesus is inviting you uh, sort of internally uh, it with uh, your whole heart to trust in him rather than to uh, sort of fritter away your uh, anxiety and your attention on the things that, you know, everybody else seeks. He says right there, he says, you know, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on, what you're going to eat. Cause then he says the Gentiles seek after all these things. In other words, you, you don't need to be about all the things that everybody else is about. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're wanting to talk about culture. That's kind of the, the culture is what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to go out to dinner, what, you know, where you're going to shop, all those things. And uh, he's just saying, you know what, you don't need to be about that. And so it's, it's in some respects, it's just simplify your life and really work at walking with Jesus as your King. Mm, I love those words, you know, and that's something I've even, I'd say preached a little bit in my own home, but just to simplify 
our lives. And, you know, in one little way that we're doing that right now, um, you know, we're thinking about not really downsizing, but we're, uh, the home size, but we're downsizing the amount of stuff that we have. And so we started looking through things and not really, well, we, I think we do, we had a lot, but once you start looking and analyzing it and pulling things out that, you know, then you end up having one truck full or this truck full. And before you know it, you, you're getting rid of a lot of stuff, but then you look back and you're like, well, I still got plenty of things. <laughs> and so, um, but when we, as we've been doing this, I mean, it, we feel lighter. Um, oh, good. you know what I mean? Not like weight, just, we feel like, wow, we can think there's more clarity and things like that. So sometimes when we have too many things around us, there's tons of distractions, mm-hmm. you know, a kid that has a, a room full of toys and then every device you can think of, they have tons of things that can pull their attention away constantly. And, they, and they'll say that about what a video game, well, not video games. I think social media, mm-hmm. I think studies show that social media has these adverse effects to our attention spans because it's just always something that are, keeps our mind busy and in another direction, or maybe we're what they call like, they used to say that, um, I had a conversation the other day. We were talking about, uh, what do you call it? Multitasking. And I read an article, though, that said there's no such thing as multitasking. It's switch tasking. You're only switching tasks. You can't literally do two things at once. And so it just, I think it's not, it's not the way our brains are made. So it no, has, I don't know about that. Women huh? Oh, women. Yeah, that's true. Let's we'll see. I forget. <laughs> I forget. That's God made you all that way, right? You got to stay in your lane on that. Thing, right? <laughs> I will. I, sorry. I got to jump in here occasionally. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of distractions. And so one of the things I've got on, on this list of things to kind of dig through is those distractions. And so I think about, so on one level of that, I think about being a fanatic about something. And that could be a sport. It can be anything, uh, maybe even a a particular hobby, but some people are like that with sports. If you're from North Carolina, I know every state's got the the rivals, but at North Carolina, you've got Carolina University or UNC, and then you got Duke University, the big rivals. And, you know, you're going to be on one side or the other. And, you know, people can, they'll know the team names, the history. They know all these facts about the teams. Same thing with movies and, all this. So we become fanatics about things within the culture and we have so much information stored in our minds. And sometimes I guess you could say our hearts to some degree about these things, but, and then we create idols out of them, um, which really just tear us away from if we had a relationship with the father, if we had uh, any sort of prayer life or, um, maybe a little bit more consistent at one point. Sometimes those things can get, kind of get in the way. I've known folk that are very involved in sports with their, with their kids and they can't, they, they have to dedicate nearly their whole life to that because it's always one thing after the other. So they can't commit to a church. They can't commit to any sort of routine with with, 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 with God. Um, I mean, you know, and so many, that's probably not the best way to say it, but I mean, it kind of boils down to that. Um, what's your thoughts on those kinds of distractions and how that can hurt, um, our faith? 
Well, that's, uh, I think that one of the things that we're going to have to decide about is what is going to disciple us? What is, what are we becoming a disciple of? And, you know, I, I've done my share of, uh, coaching youth sports and, and there's, you know, they, they go on Sunday mornings, I'm just going to say, and then you've got to decide, am I going to be a disciple of, uh, this, uh, uh, softball league, or am I going to be a disciple of Jesus? And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we're trying to address with our podcast is that news uh, outlets are discipling people. And, mm-hmm. you know, depending on which channel you get your news on, that's how you form your opinions. That's how, you know, you decide who your tribe is. You know, you're not really, people aren't so much deciding their tribe is the church. They're saying my tribe is on the right or my tribe's on the left based on what, uh, you know, what input they're getting and who's discipling them. And so some of that with the distraction in the culture is we, we, we just default to something and we become a disciple of that thing instead of really saying, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty serious about being a disciple of Jesus and I'm going to pay attention to him. Mm. Amen. Um, so there's this uh, other sort of level. Uh, I think we're, you're heading that way. Uh, we talked about, I think you mentioned politics recently. Or no, maybe you yeah. didn't, but I, I started thinking about your podcast the, when you were talking. And, and I know that's some, some of the content that you, you guys look at and cover, consider. Um, and so I think we're as like, sometimes we might become a fanatic. Now we can do that with politics too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's certain things in our culture that can really divide the body. And, and politics is one of those things. So it not only maybe takes our attention, but we can get in some severe arguments and, and it really act out in a way that's not becoming of, <laughs> of who we are in Christ. That's um, true. Yes. All in the name of, whoever your candidate is or whoever, you know, what, whoever you follow on social media, it, it could be a number of things that you sort of follow and, and you, you see those dividing lines between different philosophies of life and such and such. Um, you know, what's, what's your advice on like us, uh, I guess, let or what's our, what should I say? You know, we gravitate towards those things, I think, naturally, because we see that in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of this past election, I, I heard so many people say that, you know, you, you definitely see how divided the country was based on the results and such and such. Um, you know, I, when I think of our faith, I, I think of when I think of Christianity, I think of unity and how we have a message of hope and the gospel, the good news that can save lives, uh, essentially. And so how do we, how do we navigate that? I guess, I mean, thinking about like, how can we make an impact? I mean, mm. I guess it's one thing I'm thinking about as a Christian, cause we see it, we see the, we see the, uh, condition of our, of our world. And of course God's plan is this, we're not going to change it. However, when we're in this space, and we need to, we're thinking about reaching others. Um, what's the advice we need to be, we, we need to get out to the public, um, uh, mm. to people listening to this podcast and your podcast of how we can do that effectively. Well, that's, uh, I'm thinking that 
most Christians think about uh, their interaction anyway with politics and the pressure that we've been under in these past couple of years politically in terms of policies, like this is the Christian policy, this is the Christian way to vote, this is, a Christ- this is what Christians do, and I don't think we'll get there that way. Because uh, number one, I don't think that I don't think that Jesus somehow sits on the spectrum between right and left, you know, at some certain Christian spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think though that that's really the tendency of the church is to say Christians will vote, you know, this way or that way. And I don't think you're going to get there by doing that. I think you almost have to pull off that continuum altogether and say we're at a different place. You know, we're going to be um, we have a different king. We're in a different kingdom. We're going to be ambassadors of this other place, you might say, uh, working as, um, you know, the church maybe being the embassy that represents the kingdom of heaven to the culture, to the people who you interact with. And we have, we have some dear friends. Uh, this is a longer story than you probably want in your podcast, but uh, when I was in high school, which was a long time ago, I wrestled in Iran and uh, there in, uh, met a national champ and he wrestled against our team and he wanted to learn English. He wanted to come to the United States. So we struck up a friendship and he helped me buy stuff in the bazaar and this and that. And then they had the revolution and we lost contact. And 33 years later, he found me on the internet. And he and his wife came to visit, uh, and then they moved within four blocks of us. And then um, next week, I think they're going to become citizens. That's really a pretty cool story. But we watched them live as foreigners in a new place where Mm -hmm. they don't, you know, they don't know everything about how things work and they're uncertain and they need to reach out for help and they need to, um, you know, learn the language and all of those things. That's what exiles do. This is an interesting, again, identity. I think the scripture presents Christians as exiles in the world. First Peter, especially, uh, talks to the Christians as strangers and sojourners. And we don't, in in America, we don't see ourselves that way. We see ourselves at home with with some relative power, with relative um, position, and we're good. We We don't want anyone to mess that up. And when you have a posture like that, that's a very different posture for reaching the world and saying, you know what, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, I don't belong here. I'm, I, I really have a home somewhere else and I'm just going to do my best here and try and represent my homeland in a positive way. Mm. And that I think is a posture that we get in, in the new Testament from uh, well, first Peter and Hebrews and some other places. And <clears throat> And again, we're, we're coming at it without power, without privilege, without any sort of uh, advantage. And, I, and that's really where I think where Christians go wrong is that we want advantage and we want to, we want to hang on to the advantage that we have. And so some of that is just a way, how do I view what it means to follow Jesus in this world? I want to follow Jesus. Hmm. I mean, yeah, right after the, right after the, Sermon on the Mount, he touches the leper and heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then the guy says, hey, I'll follow you anywhere you go. He says, just a minute, you may want to rethink that because there's foxes have holes and birds have nests, but 
you know, you're going to follow me and I don't have a place to lay my head. So you might want to think about the, this power dynamic and this uh, privilege that you're used to and want to hold on to uh, following Jesus. You may not get to hold on to that, mm. which is I really struggle. Go ahead. I think what you're saying is completely right. I think that the biggest difference between people and Jesus is that people, I'm just going to say people are selfish. But, but we're wired that way. We're wired to look inside and do what we think is best for us, for our family, for our children, and don't care about other people. I mean, I think that's the biggest difference. And um, I, I can tell you, so you were talking about, you're talking about media a bit ago. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a journalism educator now, but I'm a former journalist. And there's been so many times when in, in, in one situation, I was what they call an ombudsman. Uh, an ombudsman is someone who talks to the readers about the news stories, or if you're on the radio, you talk about the broadcast or whatever. And I kid you not, uh, people, people heard different things. People saw different things in the same thing. I would have someone call me and complain to me that the story in the paper was too leftist. Mm -hmm. And then a minute later, someone call, would call me and yell at me that mm -hmm. the story in the paper was too conservative. It's the same story, <laughs> but right. they literally, but they're seeing it, their, their, their perception is coming from a different point of view based on what it did to them or how it might affect them. I think that's in order to get closer to what Jesus would do, we have to deny ourselves. And that well, is the hardest thing for us to do. And that hits, that hits hard when you, when you put that inside the church, yes. when the, when the, when you have a, somebody who says that this is too far right or too far left and it's inside church and they're going to let that divide the church. I mean, people, I, I've heard it over and over that people have left the church for political reasons I mean, but people don't really leave their politics for church reasons. You know, it's really funny how, how that's really only one-sided uh, switch there. But I had a, I had a friend who was, a, who was pastoring a, a church uh, on the other side of town. And he said, I had somebody come to me and say, I'm leaving the church. And he said, well, why are you leaving the church? He said, well, I want an apolitical church. And a guy said, I don't know how you're going to find a church more political than ours. We don't, we really work, not work hard at not uh, having a political position. And he said, well, yeah, that you, you do, but I, I want uh, an apolitical church that leans a little more to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really how it goes. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh goodness. Um, you know, there's uh there's something I think has been in the news for a while now. Um, and it's nothing new as, Ecclesiastes would say there's nothing new under the sun, right? But, you know, there's that word that a lot of people are throwing around deconstruction, you know, when mm -hmm. they talk about Christian faith and uh, deconstructing, which basically means a uh, process of questioning, doubting, and ultimately rejecting aspects of Christian faith. Um, I read one list, and this is not an encompassing list, of course, mm -hmm. but there was one, um, uh, article that their opinion that some of the some of the top reasons for deconstruction was what they were calling conservative christianity the teaching about hell so there's another one that's number two the problem of evil and bible inerrancy 
um, just finding um, things that didn't make sense and, you know, that they thought were mistakes in, in scripture and, you know, how, and going with the problem of evil, a lot of people, especially when you think about apologetics too, if you watch a lot of apologists, I mean, every time you see like a conference or something, the problem of evil is going to be one of those questions that comes up, you know, why, how can a loving God allow so much evil? Um, and then you got some that don't want to teach about hell and you got some that don't want to teach about sin and want to get so far away from it. Um, and, 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 and maybe soften it so much that people start, you know, it, it you see different reasons, I, I suppose, but yeah, I see the culture as a culprit in that it's just, you know, it, I don't know if I want to say brainwashing, but there, there's so much between social media and you know, like you said, the media and, and other things that we watch, the the algorithms that are out there for all this internet stuff that puts certain things in front of you. I just feel like there's, you know, if if we only get one, you know, one piece of information in front of us, we start believing that, as you said earlier. And so, and again, if we're not ever open in scripture to, to find out for ourselves. Then it, then it is hard to navigate between all these things. You know, what, is, what does the Bible teach about hell? I mean, we can find out for ourselves if we read it, even though our, our pastor may not deliver that to us. Or if you just, you know, you start this process of questioning. And a lot, I know a lot of people, once they start questioning their faith, they'll, they'll take it online. I've seen many. I've had to come up alongside and, and, and kind of assist, if you will, um, People say, oh, um, I, I've had a tough time. I'm not hearing from God. And then you get, an, you know, non-believer A that that starts in on them, tell them how bad their religion is. Hey, did you read in the Old Testament? This is what your God did and this, that, and the other. And it's just trying to like, you know, basically pick their faith apart. They're already weak in their faith. They're just trying to pick it apart where they don't want to have anything to do with it. And that just doesn't like, well, it doesn't anger me, but it really, it really offends me in, in so many ways because I see somebody that like, they're ready to let go of what they do believe or what, whatever, you know, their, their faith has been like, they're ready to just let that go. And, and, um, I think it's sad, especially when we see the attacks come and then, you know, they're in no position to make a defense for what they believe or what they hope in, because at this point, they don't even understand it. Um, so what, what, what do you say, how would we speak into that and just thinking, thinking through that? I know that, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of people watch apologetics stuff and we think about, Hey, how do we defend our faith against all these, these smart people, if you will, all these people that are into philosophy and historical stuff. And, you know, I've heard some, some, some uh, surveys online where YouTube video makes it look like the atheist knows more than the Christian because they can answer more questions, those kinds of things. Like how do we, what, what's a good, um, I guess, remedy or method so that we, we're ready um, so that we can navigate through these things and we don't find ourselves in that same position where we're ready to just give up? Hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> That's like the $64,000 question there, because uh, there are a lot of smart people and there are a lot of counter 
Christian ideas without any question. And I, I just want to say that the, the process you described, you said makes you angry, makes me angry, but probably more sad really to just watch that happen in somebody's life. And because a lot of times it comes, it almost never comes from a happy place. Almost always comes from, from a place where they are insecure or angry themselves or have been hurt themselves. And uh, it's, it's pretty hard to just come at that with truth. And, you know, I, I don't say come with falsehood by any means, mm-hmm. but, but most of the time, the problem isn't really intellectual. You know, it's not an intellectual problem for most people that there's a problem of evil. The, the problem that most people have is I'm experiencing evil or something bad happened to me, or I don't, I can't process whatever it was. And to come in with the answers is kind of, uh, kind of hard. And so uh, some of it is, I think people have to be in a community of faith with other people that can walk alongside them when they're hurting and people who can really listen instead of just give them answers. Uh, Those are a couple, I mean, that, that just personal piece of it is really important. Uh, I've, the, the people that I have seen sort of deconstruct, as you say, are, you know, have something going on and kind of go radio silent. And then there's this period of time while they're doing this, you know, deconstructing that you said, as you're talking about, maybe they're talking to some other people, but they're not talking to their, their church community or their, their Christian friends necessarily. And then they come out the other side announcing I'm done. And there's this space where it's almost too late after that. And I, so I would, I think one of the strategies is to, is to come alongside people and really listen and, um, and, and call them back to the hope that Jesus offers and, and really ask them, ask them hard questions. They, they want to ask the hard questions, say, Oh, you Christians can't answer that question, but there's some really simple questions. I think that, that keep me anchored when I start to wobble, you know, I mean, why, for instance, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of, uh, they're kind of apologetic things like really, if I jettison this, if I throw out my faith, okay, I really can't make sense of what the purpose is for my life or for this world any longer. And just sort of at a, at a, um, existential level, I, I, it's pretty hard to make sense of it if you're just an accident. And so they're there, but that's not really intellectual. That's really more like what is going on with life if there's no explanation and no story that holds it together. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that Christians have that everybody's looking for is transcendence. I mean, we have, we, we can explain why there's love and why there's happiness and why there's beauty and why there's hope. You know, everybody wants beauty and hope and all of those things, but, but they have a hard time getting there. And you kind of throw that all away if you, if you're going to deconstruct. And so I guess I would remind people of the, of the positive parts of it as well. And uh, again, rather than coming on hard with, yes, but you're wrong and this and that and because of the truth, you know, no, I would, uh, I'm more than happy to tell them the truth, but I, 
but I think those are supplemental things to the coming alongside, reminding them of what the big picture is and the fact that they have people in their life that love them. Um, That's great. Yeah. Coming alongside, encouraging someone is a, is a big step. Um, Comfort is underrated. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we, sometimes I feel like the world we live in doesn't understand that anymore mm-hmm. as, as much as I, and maybe, maybe it does. Maybe it's again, maybe it's just the the facade that we or the masquerade that we see through um, social media and all these other outlets that we look at. So we see the worst of the worst sometimes depending on what we're looking at. And, um, but sometimes I feel like uh, what's the word uh, we've become, just, just kind of cold, I guess, to the world. Um, and, um, you know, I love that what you're talking about coming along somebody. Cause I, one of the, one of the key elements of this podcast is we're talk we do talk about encouragement a lot and, you know, the whole sense of revitalized kindness in many ways, is just remembering the, you know, from the, uh, what is it? Titus chapter three, verse but when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Again, reminding the, the the person that's dealing with this, that's the God, you know, that we're talking about. You know, so and and then I and I remember, as we all do, uh, generally, but sometimes when we're talking to that person and wanting to encourage them, you know, just reminding them what the greatest commandment is and what that looks like. And, and we, you don't even really have to explain that, but just, just, just do that. Just love mm-hmm. somebody, you know, you know, we really need to reach out yep. to those. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about um, the suicide rates and things like that in our nation, um, especially when any, any, any of those are bad though. I think about the children though, the youth. Um, I, I know that we've seen some spikes during the, last couple of years. Um, and I don't have those stats in front of me, but you know, it, it, it's just a, it's a bad situation and it, it hurts my heart to hear those stories. Um, it, it, I think about this movie a lot, um, that I've seen many a few years ago. What was it called to save a life? I don't know if y'all have seen that movie and generally what the movie's about is it's these young kids, um, maybe high school age, I believe, if I remember correctly. And you've got these, these two guys that are friends. They've been childhood friends, boys forever, right? And then the one guy becomes a football star. And so his, his life track kind of goes to a different, a, a different path. His, his young friend is now not um, important. It doesn't seem important. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way he feels. You see the young guy that doesn't, that's kind of been been left by left behind. Um, try to get some attention from his parents, but both parents work. And in the scenes in the movie, you just see the busyness of that family. They have no time to interact with their son, so they never figure out how he feels. Then he goes to a Christian, uh, uh, like a a Christian center. Uh, like a downtown type of um, center. I don't, I don't know what it was called, but anyway, he goes there to try to get some interaction. Again, he's, 
Now he doesn't have his friend. His friend's not talking to him. His mom and dad, they're not speaking to him because they're too busy. And then he goes down there. He walks from one end from the entrance, one end all the way through the building and then back out. And not one person makes contact with him. And then the next day in the movie, he goes into school, takes a gun, and he shoots up in the air. But then he takes his life. He doesn't shoot anyone, but he does take his life. And um, so the the story goes back to the friend, the older friend, the, the one that become the football star. And it, it goes through and it gets you thinking about how many opportunities that people miss to reach that young man, mm. the mother, the father, the friend, the, the Christian center that he went to. And I think about that a lot, that story. Um, Cause that, then I look at the state of the world and just the people around us. And just, I know a lot of people I, I work for, I used to have a large team. I'm in a different job now, but as we got into the pandemic, I could tell how people's demeanor changed. Um, mm. And so it was tough. It was tough to like encourage and to lift spirits. And, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that's something that I'm, I'm thinking about. And, and again, the greatest thing we can do is love. Um, I love others, encourage others. I like that you went to Titus, uh, chapter three, because it's really the gospel that's going to pull people out. Mm. And it's really, that's really what we have to offer is, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, be kind. It's another thing to say, Hey, but the kindness of God has appeared in mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really want to point you to because you have already received kindness and, you know, our hope is there. It's just, you know, I was thinking about, you know, telling people to forgive one another. Well, come on, try a little harder, forgive one another. That's, but that's really not where the Bible goes with it. It says, you know, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So it goes right back to the gospel to say, that's going to be your foundation for all of the forgiveness that you have. That's going to be the foundation for all the kindness that you show. So just go back and go back and go back and drink from the well again and again and again. That's right. And that's really, I mean, that's a great, I think that's a great place to go back to for sure. Yeah. It, it, and that's a good reminder. Um, and that's why we, we do this, uh, Yvette and I with this, with this podcast. And that's what, what it's really all about for us because we know through God's kindness, our lives have been changed, revitalized. We, we, we're, we're a new creature. And, and within that, um, our, as our lives have changed, our heart is changing and, and God is, keeps working on us because we're, we're flesh. So it keeps working on us. But as we grow in Christ, we should be kind to others by giving them that word, the gospel mm -hmm. and give them the good news and the hope. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a good place. Um, unless we've got something else, I think that's a good place to kind of rest this conversation in a way because you know one of the last thoughts i had was we looking through as we've talked about things that divert our attention um things that might divide us and you know we what what do we do is our faith seems to be fading away we've got a friend that's in that position what what's the result or what what can we do and i think that that's the answer scott um, mm -hmm. um is is share the gospel yeah. And it's believe the power. gospel and believe the gospel yourself. I think when you believe it, one of the things I, I was thinking about that, again, the name for your podcast, 
is that uh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, mm-hmm. kindness. And, you know, that's going to come not from you trying a little harder, uh, but from the, from the Holy spirit, just bringing that in your life because you believe the gospel. So anyway, I, Amen. yeah, I, I am a, I'm a firm believer that the, the source of what I need is found in Christ and it's given by the Holy spirit. And it's not going to be me trying harder to, you know, get off social media or me trying harder to get my act together or help my friend or anything. I'm just going to really have to go back and trust the Lord for it. So. Amen. Yeah. All right. Yvette, do you have any final words for us? Boy, this is some good stuff. I just, you know, I, number one, yes, yes, yes. I totally agree with everybody. Um, and there's going to be times when we fall off. I mean, that you know, as you yeah. know, I, I was just mentioning the other day, everyone can have an off day. I tend to be a pretty, pretty joyful person, but lost my temper the other day. Uh, very unlike me. And then the rest of the day, I felt really bad about it. And I knew that that was not, that was not Christ in me. <laughs> so, so everyone needs to know that you can have an off day, but we need to go back. We need to understand that, okay, we yeah. need to walk that back because that's not what Christ, you know, that's not what is in us. And I know that's not what is in us because I immediately felt consumed with not necessarily guilt, but just, I, it was a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that feeling. That, that was not what, that's not this, what, you know, the spirit that Christ gave me. All right. Hmm. All right, folks. So as we, as we close, just that's, that's the, that's the prayer that we, um, that we realize who we are in Christ, um, that we use that knowledge. It, 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 it needs to be more than head knowledge. I know that's one thing that I know a lot of people fight or struggle with because we, we, we sometimes get a lot of head knowledge, but you know, it's really, it's really back to just loving others. And so that's, to me, that's a heart thing. So we know what the good news is. We know that um, what Jesus Christ did, and we know that we're, uh, we're wretched and, 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 and we can't do it on our own. And sometimes in that we can lose hope, but just give that good news to someone today, encourage them by telling them that God loves them. And we hope that that can help revive not only them in their life, but just that relationship that they may have had. And if they haven't, then we hope that the father will call them into that relationship. And so just speak the gospel to people. And that, that's all we got. We thank you, Scott, for joining us. And again, his podcast is City on a Hill. Pl- or, yeah, City on a Hill. Please check that out. I think that's probably on most you know, Spotify and Apple podcasts and such and such. So check it out. Good podcast to listen to. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one.